welcome back, listeners, to the almost end of this Alan Wake mini season and our first live episode in a while. I am Larry. And I am Justin. I feel like we are both uh, still on the tired side. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have not... I have not fixed my sleep schedule, and I am very tired today. Uh, but yeah, we actually have a double record today because we have to record our Halloween special. Yep. It's okay, though. So, we got. I think next week's will be pretty easy. Uh, it'll be a relaxing one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to the theater to see it. I'm going to watch it at home. Hell yeah, join the crew. Yeah, uh, but we want to, I think Justin and I both want to say a, a special thank you to Rachel for hosting us out in California and it was a really good trip it was nice to spend some time with everybody and yeah yeah it was a great time as always and you know thanks to Rachel and Randy for letting us crash at their place for like a week (laughs) yeah uh but with that it's been a while Justin why don't you tell us what's been new did you write things down or uh no but I don't have to (laughs) okay um what has been new since I last saw you. Uh, Since you saw the listeners. Oh, fuck. Um, God, when was the last time I recorded? Three weeks. Holy fuck. Okay, I know what I did this week. Okay. Um, So I've been messing around with uh, the Quest 3 headset, which is like the new iteration of the uh, MetaQuest. Uh, It's good. It's Mm -hmm. actually really fucking... It's amazing. Uh, Pass-through capabilities are... It, it is showing to be like a vast improvement and like a step forward in VR technology, which is awesome. Um, looking around the room. Mm, okay. Um, I, other than that, I've pretty much just been fucking mainlining Alan Wake 2 uh, mm-hmm. to get it done and reviewed in time. Um, I have very something very exciting uh, going up on Halloween, which I can't talk about until then. Um a lot of my stuff's like upcoming stuff still somehow, even though we haven't recorded in three weeks, uh, because I took like a week off when obviously when we were in California, mm-hmm. um, I have some pretty exciting big news coming up, but I can't talk about that just yet. I should be able to in like the next week or two. Um, and then, yeah, just playing a bunch of like stuff that I can't talk about really because it all comes out on Tuesday and our episode comes out on Monday. So I'll forget a bit about the next time we record. Okay. What about you, Larry? Uh, TV-wise, I am up to date on Kitchen Nightmares, Hell's Kitchen, and Lego Masters. There are new episodes of Hell's Kitchen and Lego Masters that are on actually right now as we are recording. So I'll watch those new ones tomorrow. I finished Ahsoka. I liked it. Um, I the next book I'm reading is going to be the Thrawn book, so I'm excited for that. And then I started Demon Slayer. I'm on episode like 16. What do you think so far? I was enjoying it. I really don't like the kid with the orange hair, and I really don't know how I where I follow the ki- the guy with the boar mask. Really? Yeah. I Interesting. Was it until they got introduced. Wow. Okay. Interesting. It more cartoony, and before that, it felt pretty like dark and heavy interesting okay okay but i'm still you if you if you do not like them you will probably not like that show then bummer my friend Waylon said it's his favorite anime so i'm trying to watch it because it's not as long as fucking one piece yeah um i would agree i think it is my favorite as well um um i can't fucking it's been a while since i've actually i haven't watched the newest season 
Um, but I can't think of their names. Um, but yeah, th- those I characters. I tell you a single name. <laughs> uh, Inosuke is one of them. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, those characters are weird. Those are like my favorite characters because they're fucking hilarious <laughs> in like such a weird, cringy way. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but it, it, I'm sure I'll get into it. It's just like I was really enjoying it, and they just seemed very comic reliefy, and I was liking the dark and heaviness because I'm still looking for something to hit the same scratch as uh, Death Note. Nothing will, ever. I know. Uh, movies. I watched. One second. Movies. I watched the newest Insidious movie. Oh, how was it? Oh. Uh, Did you watch it on the plane? No. God, no. I watched it before I left. On the plane, I literally either listened to podcasts and played my Harry Potter matching game on my phone. Okay. Or I... Actually, that's all I did. <laughs> that's really? all I did for both flights, yeah. Wow, I watched fucking Dune and just like... I was going to try to, but like I, I couldn't get comfortable enough to like watch a movie. Okay. All right. I guess that's fair. Um, I watched Barbarian with my friend Kyle. He wanted to, it's one I've been doing like the movie slash game nights with. Yeah. Um, he wanted a spooky movie for Halloween time. So I introduced him to that, uh, movie still holds up. And then out in California, I watched Halloween six and 13 ghosts with you. Yes. And Rach. And then obviously our wives and stuff. Uh, and then, uh, the night we got back, I watched My Fair Lady, which is an Audrey Hepburn movie. Okay. Man, I'm trying to think what I did the night we got back. I tried to start Alan Wake 2. I got an hour in and fell asleep holding the controller. <laughs> so, yeah. Games. I was playing Final Fantasy VIII. Yes. But I have to be honest, it's one of my least favorite games. Like, I have it, like, really towards the bottom. Okay. There, I, I just, I have never liked it. I, I, I don't know what it is. So I kind of put that to the back burner. I'll get to what I did afterwards. Uh, I started playing the Pokemon Crystal Legacy ROM hack. Oh, I right. posted about this in the Discord a little while ago. But basically, this YouTuber said that Pokemon Crystal was his favorite game of all time. And people who listen to this podcast know that Pokemon Gold and Silver and Crystal are like my Mount Rushmore games yeah or, or part of my rush reward games and but this guy he's like i'm older now i can be honest there are a lot of flaws with it johto isn't perfect but he's like let's fix it so the video i post is like an hour long but basically it goes through everything he did to change it he changed encounters he balanced things out he made more johto pokemon ava- like available and made the gym leaders have it like i'm not sure how much you remember gold silver and crystal but like oh a lot if you Okay, so you remember the fighting gym, the steel gym, and the ice gym? Yeah. How, like, two of the three are always too easy because they don't balance them because you can go different directions? Yeah. He programmed it so it changes. Oh, interesting. Okay. So whatever route, it, so it changes their levels and it changes their teams. Oh, like, oh, wow. I figured it would just, like, change the levels, not the entire team. Okay. No, he changed the teams for all the gym leaders. Oh, Okay. It is, like, the video... Like, I've never played a ROM hack before. Like, I've watched videos about it, but I've never actually played one. But this was such a labor of love. I'm actually in the Discord, and it's so cool to watch all these people. And it's, like, really cool because there are people in the Discord who are, like, providing challenges. Like, beat Youngster Joey, like, top percent Ratatat, 
by like doing like killing it with only confusion yeah and like they're gifting pokemon by like, giving you like script to modify your rom it's just very cool it's it's i i, I feel no i love pokemon and it's just a lot of fun to go back and do it how but, far in into it are you i so i stopped i haven't played since we got back from our trip but i just beat bugsy okay so the second gym badge yeah um, I've been playing a little bit of the Halo Infant multiplayer. Um, I want you and Tuck and other people to come on and play with me because I'm really bad. But for people who don't know, on November 7th, all of Halo 3 stuff is coming to Halo Infinite. All the maps, all the guns, like cosmetics, all that jazz. And Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel is coming back. And the Doritos flavor is coming back. That's fucking wild. I am taking myself back to 2007. I suck at multiplayer, but like I want that like junior, I'll, I'll sophomore. November seventh. Let me see when yeah. that is. What day is that? I'll I'll hit you up. I think it's like two Tuesdays from now. Yeah, it's Tuesdays two Tuesdays. I'll, I'll play. Yeah, I'll play with you. But I mentioned earlier about Final Fantasy VIII. Justin kind of. Well, I was talking to Justin. He's like, "Well, just you don't have to do them in order. Like you can just like you can do stuff." So. I wanted to play it for a while. I started Final Fantasy X. Hell yes. Yes. Actually, this morning, I, I woke up at 3.50. My sleep schedule was just all kinds of fuck. And I couldn't fall back asleep, so I got a shower, and I was sitting here. It was like 4.10. It was way too early to go into work. So I just made a cup of tea and started grinding the Meehan High Road because I wanted to get Fira unlocked before I went and fought Chocobo Eater. And I was just sitting there listening to the podcast and just literally having just like a, a lovely morning. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that. That's usually like my weekends when I don't have to go into like my machine job, uh-huh. or I just wake up super early. Make me, sorry, oh my god, sorry. Uh, make myself a, a cup of coffee and I just fucking sit there, like it's too early to do fucking anything, and yep. I just sit there half awake, play video games, and drink a coffee, and it's fantastic. It's my it's, favorite part of the weekend. It's so nice. Books. Um, I read the newest issue of Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man 12. Um, I don't want to spoil stuff. Chainsaw Man 11 ended on a very big cliffhanger. And 12 seems to be starting a new arc. I'm not going to lie. I I know. You got me hooked and then you bailed. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, but it's really good. I, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, books. I read Brother by Anya Allborn. That's actually my book club book for this week. It was my pick. Really good. Really dark. Um, I finished the Artemis Fowl book six, which is The Time Paradox. I finished the short novella Mapping the Interior by uh, Stephen Graham Jones. That was actually a really, really kind of twisted and good one. I have like 20 pages left in the book called Baby Teeth. Did you hear me telling Rachel about that out in California? Uh, a little bit. So it's about a mom who thinks her daughter wants to kill her and it flips perspective between the mom and the daughter and the the daughter does indeed want to kill her. Oh. And some of the shit I read today is some was some of like the darkest shit I've ever read. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then I also started book seven of Artemis Fowl called The Atlantis Complex and then after this one I have one more left and I'm done with Artemis Fowl. How does it feel? good um i never got this far because like when i, I kind of grew up past them right so i read like the, i remember reading like the first two or three and then like i never went back to them um they're fine i think that they're fun for kids it's that de- it's definitely more young adult than anything so um not sure what else and then other stuff 
uh, Edge, um, who's now called Adam Copeland, which is his real name, has come to AEW. Right on. Which is sweet. And on Saturday, uh, Edge, uh, Edge, uh, my favorite wrestler, MJF, is wrestling Kenny Omega. Um, I've showed you him. He's the one whose finisher is the one-winged angel. Oh, yes. yes, He came out as a Sephiroth theme. So they're wrestling for the World Heavyweight Championship on Saturday night, so that'll be dope. And then we had a draft for (laughs) Dracula last night. And I got to say, there were a lot of uh, sexist and uh, kind of aggressive comments being thrown towards me by certain members of a chat. And I just want to say, I expect better from people i feel like they're they're coming for me and i don't understand why i mean uh, i wasn't even a part of the, the the draft but i was in there trolling <laughs> uh but my queens for this year are blackberry and onyx on nice nice gotta love it <laughs> all right justin are you ready to talk about 13 ghosts uh before that i remembered something i fucking i remembered a huge thing i did before okay. i fucking played final fantasy 7 rebirth <laughs> right yeah that was before the trip so you yeah locked it out yeah um you got chauffeured down to hang out with nobu matsu and help him play a song right yeah absolutely yeah i I wrote the theme song yeah no it's uh i'll I'll just touch on it briefly but uh yeah so uh i I got to go out to uh, new york and play like a preview of final fantasy 7 rebirth uh which takes place obviously after final fantasy 7 remake um I played I'm the... I'm by the time Rebirth comes out, 16 will be on PC. That is my hope and prayer. We'll see. <laughs> um, I know that... So the the section I got to play is kind of like right after you exit the Mithril Caves, right before Ju- uh, Junon. Uh, the segue section. No, I wish. Uh, <laughs> although everybody was asking about it. It was actually kind of funny. Um, but it's, it's kind of the section where you would either go to Junon or uh, Fort Condor. Fort Condor was blocked off for the, the preview event. Yeah. Um, I did see, like, a giant condor fly over and do something crazy. But I won't talk about that because mm. it's a spoiler. Um, but, yeah, no, it was really cool. We got to see, like, I got to, like, play with, like, a chocobo. Um, There's, like, weird deep customization options for a chocobo uh got to like play a sephiroth uh got to check out like some of the new link abilities it was dude, that game is gonna be fucking amazing um pretty crazy how far you come reviewing games huh yeah from the first ones we got to now yeah it's fucking wild but yeah anyways i i'm not gonna gush on it too much because it happened like you know like two weeks ago it's it's it's, it's old game news now so you know whatever <laughs> all right 13 ghost time? 13 ghost time. Let's do it. Supernatural horror film directed by Steve Beck, which was his directorial debut. You're going to find this interesting. He has spent he spent several years working for Industrial Light and Magic uh, as a visual effects art director for films like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Interesting. 
another movie he directed. Fuck. Ghost Ship. Okay. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> no, because we, we talked about like how Ghost Ship and this one have a similar vibe. Well, it's yeah. the same guy. So. Interesting. Duh. Uh, it's a remake of the 1960 William Castle film, which is also called 13 Ghosts. That 13 Ghosts is 1-3, the number 13 Ghosts. This one is T-H-I-R-1-3-E-N, Ghosts. Uh, so I've never seen the original. Uh, it's a William Castle movie, so it's like a shoddy B movie from the 60s. Yeah. All right. Not your cup of tea? No, not my cup. There's a reason why I haven't done a lot of William Castle, because I just know you're not going to like them. Oh, I appreciate I barely that. I like them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, the film stars Tony Shalhoub, Matthew Willard, Willard, and Shannon Elizabeth. So Tony Shalhoub is a highly celebrated actor. He's won five Emmys, a Golden Globe, six SAGs, and a Tony. He's probably best known for his roles on Monk, but he was also in the TV show Wings, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Men in Black, Gattaca, Galaxy Quest, which is a great movie spy kids and he did voice work in the cars franchise oh wow okay so like some pretty hefty names worked on this movie mm-hmm. matthew willard uh everyone knows him uh he's been in films such as hackers slc punk she's all that without a paddle scream scooby-doo and we're we'll talking about him again next week when we do fnaf oh yeah that's right i forgot he was in that yep it's him and Peta. yeah Damn. And then finally, we have Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, any 90s kid, most most 90s boys, uh, know her from American Pie franchise. Uh, but she's also been in Scary Movie, Love Actually, and Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back. For you, Justin, she did some video game voice work. She was in James Bond 007, Everything or Nothing. Yeah, that I wasn't a great one. I played Nightfire, so I don't even know. Everything or Nothing was not a good one. <laughs> And then she was also in Leisure Suit Larry, Box Office. Jesus Bust. Christ. <laughs> the film was scored by John Frizzell. Other films that he worked on were Beavis and Butthead to America, Dante's Peak, Alien Resurrection, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Office Space, Josie and the Pussycats, Ghost Ship, Stay Alive, which is a movie we should probably do at some point. Oh, man, I just don't like it. It's <laughs> the problem. I, I, I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid, and I honestly could not tell you any of the plot beats anymore. It's a video, it's a video game kills people. That's yeah, video game, if you die in the Frankie game, you Munez die in real life. In it. Yeah, dude, it's so fucking bad. I worked at Blockbuster when that movie came out. <laughs> uh, he also did Texas Chainsaw 3D and Leatherface. I don't think I watched. Oh, no, I did watch 3D. That is yeah, 3D is the one with Alexandria Daddario. Yeah, with which when she utters like the worst line in any in, like movie she's history. Hot. She's allowed. She's allowed to. She's not allowed to say, one. "Do your thing, cause because yeah, it's, it's, it's his cousin." And any, she if anybody got, chainsaw. if anybody got a pass, it's her. Uh, I found out when I was doing some research that James Gunn performed rewrites for the final script, but he was uncredited. Oh, interesting. I wonder why. Um, shot at a budget of $42 million. It only grossed $68.5 million, and it was literally hated by critics at the time. That's kind of surprising. So, instead of trivia like I normally do, I decided to do something different. When we were all sitting there, what was the biggest topic of conversation about the movie we were talking about? Oh, fuck, dude. I don't remember. The ghosts. Oh, yes. The ghosts and so their I'm names. I'm going to define the 13 ghosts. Okay. We have the firstborn son. Billy Michaels was a young boy who loved pretending to be a cowboy. 
One day, another little kid challenged Billy to a duel, but Billy's cap gun was no match for the boy's real steel-tipped arrow that Billy's ghost still carries. Unlike most of the ghosts, this one is a mild threat, never attacking anyone and just saying, I want to play. Next, we have the torso. Jimmy the Gambler Gambino was a gambler in the early 1900s who caught the attention of the Mafia. After he lost a boxing bet and didn't have the money to pay up, the Mafia cut him into pieces, wrapped him in cellophane, and dumped him in the ocean. As a ghost appears as a torso with a severed head nearby and is more of a neutral spirit than actively hostile. Next we have the bound woman. Susan Legros was the richest girl in town was very popular in school. Her one flaw was the way she flirted and toyed with boys and men, leaving a long trail of broken hearts. During her senior prom night, Chet Walters, a star quarterback, caught Susan cheating on him with another boy. The next day, the boy was found beaten to death and Susan had gone missing. Susan was found dead two weeks later, buried beneath the 50-yard line of the high school football field. Her ghost lures Bobby into the dangerous basement and still shows in her prom attire, bound ropes holding her arms. Next we have the withered lover, Jean Criticos was a happy and devoted wife and mother. She died as a result of fire injuries at St. Luke's Hospital half a year before the events of the film began. Unlike most of the ghosts, she is not dangerous and is benevolent. Yeah. The Torn Prince. Royce Clayton was a gifted and famous teenage baseball player in the 1950s who caught the eye of colleges around America. He died in the drag race thanks to his challenger, a greaser who cut his brake lines. His remains are still buried at the baseball diamond, and his ghost carries a baseball bat. And his car. <laughs> the Angry Princess. Dana Newman was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in late 20th century. She had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived flaws, and after a botched experiment that mutilated her eyes, she brutally killed herself in a bathtub at the clinic. Her ghost is bloody, naked, and carries the same knife she used to commit suicide. The Pilgrimus. Isabel Smith came to North America as a columnist in order to find a new life after being an orphan in England. The tight-knit community ostracized and ignored her and used her as a scapegoat, being accused of witchcraft when crops and animals mysteriously died. She denied accusations, but she was trapped in a burning barn uh, and actually managed to escape that unharmed. What sealed her fate, she died of starvation after she was condemned to the pillory but she still carries it around as her ghost, and her skin is badly damaged. The Great Child. Harold Shelbourne was a mentally disabled man who never outgrew diapers and had to be spoon-fed even as a fully grown adult. He often made baby sounds. After being mocked and teased and tormented relentlessly all his life, he caused a massacre at the old freak show where he and his mother, Margaret, lived. Some of the freaks had been kidnapped and killed some of the freaks kidnapped and killed his mother as a joke one night. The circus owner, Jimbo, had Harold mutilated beyond recognition. His ghost appears as Harold did in life, with a small patch of hair, a bib covered in vomit, and cloth diapers. He still holds the axe that he used to kill his enemies. We're almost done. The Dire Mother. Uh, that's Margaret Shelbourne. The Hammer. A happy and honest family man and blacksmith in the early 1890s, George Markley, was falsely accused of stealing by a higher-up named Nathan and threatened with exile from their old western town. 
Knowing he was innocent, George stood up to Nathan and refused to leave. One day, when George's family was walking home from the market, Nathan and his gang of thugs attacked and killed them brutally. Enraged, George took his blacksmith hammer, tracked down Nathan and his friends, and beat them to death. But the townsfolk chained him to a tree outside his shop and drove railroad spikes through his body. His left hand was cut off and his hammer was crudely attached to it. His ghost is one of the more angry spirits and is partially responsible for Dennis's death. The Jackal. Born to a prostitute in 1887, Ryan Kuhn developed a sick appetite for women, attacking and raping strays and prostitutes in the night. Seeking to be cured of his insatiable appetite, Ryan voluntarily committed himself to Boreham Wood Asylum for treatment. But after years of solitary confinement, Ryan was completely insane, scratching on the wall so violently his fingernails were torn completely off. In response, the doctors kept him permanently bound in a straitjacket, tying it tighter whenever he acted out, contouring his limbs. After gnawing through his straitjacket to get free, the doctors locked his head in a cage and sealed him away in a cell in the basement. While there, he developed a hatred for humanity, screaming madly and cowering whenever approached by people. When the asylum burst into flames one night, he chose to stay behind and he perished in the fire while everyone else escaped. His ghost carries his torn straitjacket, the torn cubic headcage. It is called a sign of Hell's Winter. He is one of the most aggressive ghosts, attacking and nearly killing Kathy before Kalina saves her. And finally, the Juggernaut. Horace Breaker Mahoney was born very disfigured and was an outcast his entire life. His mother abandoned him at a tender age and his dad put him to work in the junkyard, using his unusual strength to crush cars. After his dad died, Horace went insane and would take the motorists and hitchhikers, tear them apart with his bare hands, and feed the remains to his dogs. After several of these murders, he was arrested. A SWAT team shot and killed him when he broke free of the handcuffs. As a ghost, he remained at the junkyard with his body riddled with bullet holes, killing intruders. Both Dennis and Cyrus remarked that his kill count numbered in the 40s, making his ghost one of the most evil and dangerous of the 12. <laughs> Those are all literally official descriptions of the ghosts. Oh, I know. Um, so uh, back when this movie came out on DVD, I got the like special edition or whatever that came with all the bonus uh-huh. features. And it literally went into, like, it goes into all their backstories with, like, these beautiful, like, hand-drawn, yep. like, car- almost like, not comic book, like, old-timey cartoon. Uh, sorry, I just got a notification on my watch. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was, like, all, like, they, they kind of went all out when thinking about the ghosts in this movie. And, I don't know, I, I appreciate it. Really? Because, like, yeah. some of them we barely... We see for, like, a second. So, table that thought. A quick plot synopsis is okay. we have this crazy old man and his psychic who are capturing ghosts. The crazy old man seemingly gets killed. Flash forward into the future, and Tony Shalhoub and his kids and his babysitter are kind of living destitute because their his wife died and they have nothing going on. Uh, Tony inherits the house of the crazy old man. They move into this big glass house with a bunch of light writing on the walls. And it turns out the crazy old man had been collecting ghosts and they're all trapped in the basement. The crazy old man wants Tony Shalhoub to sacrifice himself in order 
to become the 13th ghost and create this contraption that would basically power hell and give the crazy old man all power crazy old man comes back kills his lover shaggy gets crushed in half uh and then tony shalhoub the ghosts are set free from the incantation they toss the crazy old man in the contraption which allows tony shalhoub to hop in and save his kids glass house falls apart and the babysitter swears it never babysit again yep yeah okay i asked you to table the conversation about the ghosts I think the plot for this movie is fine. I think the beats are fine. I think the ghosts are cool. I, I like Shaggy's character. Like I, I, It's all fine. It may be even better than fine. What actually hurts this movie for me is that we have all this backstory for the ghosts that they put all this thought into. And you can see it in the performances, which I think we'll probably get to in audio. Yeah, but what kind of bums me out is this is very similar to like the Final Fantasy thirteen slash Elden Ring of it all, where all the story is hidden in menus. Yeah, uh, weirdly enough, yes, the import important like back lore to the world is in fact you're not even joking hidden in like DVD menus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would agree to that, especially because while it is cool that they have all these ghosts and they are built out if you don't go out looking for it you they're just kind of there i mean you don't really find out their names even until the end yeah and um, if you think back 2001 they didn't have cell phones like we do in our pockets where like when we go saying like, the reason why i did that instead of the trivia is like we were sitting there it's like okay which one was that like what's their story is that the breaker which one is the jackal like we kept trying to figure it out and that was fun yeah like, that was a good time watching it as a group but the problem that i have is like there's a lot there like that could have yep. been really cool to have been explored like in a, in a different kind of way and it leaves me wanting because i know their backstories in their history because of that dvd special feature and like because like the internet now right but when i was yeah. a kid i didn't know that i just knew that some of them were really fucking scary and some of them were like naked Ten, and yeah that's just the way it was yeah yeah i mean uh, I, I i would even kind of add on to that like while we do get their names i'm trying to think if any of the backstories are given other than the uh the mom the mom i don't think any of the other backstories are given they are hinted like i think the breakers is hinted at at the very beginning at the very beginning yes the jackal they do call like hell's winter like i know that that's referenced at some point we have nothing about him being in the same and we can kind of get it right which is why i think knowing this really elevates the performances yeah because they gave this to the actors yeah absolutely well that's yeah because the clearly. actors were able to do it yeah yeah yeah, actually, and I never I even thought about it. It makes it kind of mid. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not bad. Like, this is a fun movie to watch. We had a great time watching this. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it holds up. Like, this is a 22-year-old movie, but we still have fun enjoying it. And it's not too long. It's like an hour and a half, so it's like a nice short video. And it's just like, it's like, man, like, you, you had something there. So if they only like pushed it uh, like a little bit more, 
Which I mean, exactly. which which could turn. You never know, right? And it could kind of turn into one of those. Okay, well, why isn't this ninety minutes kind of thing? But mm. I agree. I think it's the knowing after the fact all this information. It's interesting information, and it's yeah. not like it's not dull. It's not dry. It's very. It. I mean, it explains why. Um, the hammer is so angry and explains yeah. why why the jackal is fucking batshit crazy and like mm-hmm. you, you're right I and why the torso never really does anything because he didn't really like do yeah, anything. He's just a gambler who got caught up. Yeah he's just a he is basically just a regular ghost he's not an angry one and having that in it would have been interesting for the viewer because the viewer going okay the character is scared of that ghost but they don't need to be because yeah. the ghost isn't really going to do anything. Um, no, you. I, I never really thought about it being like the Dark Souls <laughs> of movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for plot, I give it a seven. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah, I would give it a seven. Cinematography. The I have like two big pros. The first is that with the exception of like the contraption. Yeah. There's not a lot of CGI in this movie. Yeah, I think it's There's like a, I think it's the contraption and like the squish in the hall. Yeah, the the blubber get her like, turning. Yeah, like turning the blubber. But like realistically, the ghosts are all practical effects. Yeah, the guy getting sucked into the hood of the car, or as Rachel said, getting eaten by the car, <laughs> is a practical effect. Yeah, um, Shan Elizabeth being drugged down the hallway is a practical effect. And the other big practical effect, which kind of ties into my second favorite thing, is they literally built a house that had moving glass walls. Yeah, that's fucking. That's like Titanic, Titanic levels of crazy. Like, is it? It's it's very cool, and it makes it feel claustrophobic, and it makes it feel scary, and it makes it feel like they're trapped. Well, because it feels I, like like an actual physical space, yeah. right? Instead of just like, okay, this is on a green screen, or this is on you know on the lot. It's no, this is a physical place. Obviously, now we can't go to it, but you could have while they were filming it. You could have physically would have like could have seen this glass house. Exactly, and I just I, I just think it's so cool. And it's all the only thing that I would say is like a knock on the house is that it's very hard to tell where things are in relation to another, one another. Yeah, like at one point they climb through the ceiling, and then another point like like it's hard to tell where things are at. It doesn't have, like, the usual haunted house kind of, like, um, oh, my God, what am I, why am I blank? Like, the conjuring. It doesn't have the conjuring level of, like, ma- letting us map out the house. But um, that could also be explained because it moves. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I found that even watching this 20-some years after it came out, that because they chose practical effects for the majority of the kills and for all of the cosmetics on the ghosts, it makes this a very, very fun movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. And weirdly enough, there's not that many kills. <laughs> no, there's two. Yeah, three. There's... Well, if you count like Cyrus and the other guy at the start. So Cyrus never died. Right. Well, he does, but later he does. Well, he's the one who to die. So Cyrus, his girlfriend, Shaggy, and the lawyer. Yeah. Well, and like the other activist at the start. Oh, whatever happened at the beginning doesn't count. The green okay. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's four count. deaths. Two of them are CG. The lawyer. I was actually gonna say, 
oh, the guy getting thrown into the thing. I, I yeah. think the lawyer was the guy getting tossed in. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that lawyer death. We'll talk about how scary that. That's what stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was like. Well, we'll get. I'll, I'll save it for how scary. But yeah, no, I, I, I think like the, you could, feel the practical effects. There are. There's a reason why some of these ghosts these like ghosts images have like stayed around for so long because they fucking look 100%. amazing yeah. and they're not like crappy early 2000 CGI. hundred percent. I gave cinematography an eight and a half. I thought it was really impressive. Yeah. I gave it an eight. Audio go first. This is where I, this is to me the weakest section of, <laughs> of the movie. Um, I'm, I, I was, it's funny, um, after, while we were on the plane on the way home, I was sitting here trying to rack my brain, like, what was the, like, what was, like, the soundtrack to this movie? And I couldn't fucking think of anything. Um, I'll be honest. It's a bummer, because if you think about Ghost Ship, you know how the song The Ghost Ship ends to, right? I don't, I haven't seen that movie in ages. Ghost Ship, the final scene, is set to fucking Mudvayne. Oh, see, that's fucking awesome. I don't know what this movie is set to. Because she's, like, getting, like, the one girl is, like, saved, and then she sees, like, the bad guy getting back onto another ship. And yeah. fucking Mudvayne dig. This fucking comes on full blast. It's like, fuck yeah! But there's nothing like that in this. Yeah, um, and, uh, I love Tony Shalhoub. I think Tony Shalhoub's amazing, and I love Shaggy. I'm not a huge fan of like comedic relief families uh, in horror movies, and I feel like that's the sun what is she- so forgettable. Oh, the sun is well. That's the thing is like the sun isn't bad. He's just so bland. The best actor is the nanny. We don't get enough of her. Oh, see, I wasn't this. a fan. I wasn't a fan of the comedic relief. Okay, I just thought like she was like the most realistic. Like I felt like she reacted oh, to what was happening the most real. Absolutely, especially. I will say if I if I agreed with her on anything, it was her sentence at the end. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck this, I'm done. Fuck Never again. This. Yeah. But yeah, this is like I would say the acting we've seen better from the majority of the performers in this movie. Yeah. And the soundtrack is literally forgettable. Yeah. I agree. Like there's nothing there is nothing to take away from in the soundtrack, which could have been which should have been amazing because like you have literally 13 different chances or sorry 12 different chances to have like cool themes, themes to go with yeah. your your ghosts and that's just nothing i gave it a four and a half i gave it a five it was just very <laughs> middling all right justin finally how scary how old were you when you saw this movie came out in 2001 i would have seen i did i see it in theaters i don't think i saw it in theaters no i, I did video store i saw it in theaters because i went with my seventh grade class at the time yeah because we were talking about the jackal forever um dude this movie was fucking terrifying when i was a kid so i remember getting it from the from a video store and being totally terrified yeah it starts off super spooky in the graveyard and then like the jackal is terrifying the dude getting cut in half oh which, dude the dude getting ahead. cut in half was like stuck with me for fucking years and this terrifying. director loves people getting cut in half because you, you you have seen Ghost Ship, right? Yeah. Oh, I remember the intro, the like the start. Yeah. So he loves his people getting vivisected, and that that fucking part in Ghost Ship fucking freaks me out too. Yeah. And obviously, he like got a taste of it in this, and then he amped it up 
to 11 <laughs> in the next one. Yeah. But this is still good, too. The Jackal is still scary to this day. The yeah. makeup design, the cage on the head, the, 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 the jacket, like, everything about the Jackal is still scary. Matthew Willard, get it, the way he gets killed and trapped there. Oh, it was like fucking really brutal. brutal. Yeah. And, like, because it's all practical effects and it's just him getting, like, crushed against that corner, like, it is, like, really, really hard to watch. And then another scene that I kind of forgot about, which is also really spooky, is when Shannon Elizabeth's in the bathroom. Oh, yes. Kinda... Yeah. And it's, like, you I could totally when the camera, like, scene. flies through the glasses and it, you can see it's, like, fucking covered in blood. Yes. And it's, like, where... Uh, the princess like killed herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fucked yeah. Up, I this movie. I I think it was it was less scary than it could have been because we watched it with the lights on and we're eating pizza and hanging out with friends on our last night in Cali. So like, I understand that maybe this actual viewing of it wasn't that scary, but there are a lot of things that hold up. And this movie scared the shit out of me as a child. It was like this ghost ship and darkness falls. I don't remember Darkness Falls that much. It's I'll be honest. Fairy one. I don't remember Darkness Falls that much. I'll be honest. We with should you. watch that at some point because okay. it's really bad. <laughs> we, okay, we should also rewatch Dead Silence because I, that movie yeah. deserves another go. I like I like James Wan, yeah, but no, too. I think this is super spooky. I think it held up well. Like I think yeah, that I like I know you were supposed to do something with your brother, but he was busy. I think this was a really good substitute, and I'm happy I got to watch it with you and Rachel and everybody. Yeah, me too. I think it was a lot of fun. I. I gave it an eight and a half. I was really impressed. Dude, you're not alone. I gave it an eight. (laughs) Like it's uh, again, it's the whole like practical effect of it all. It it being practical effects. The juggernaut is really fucking terrifying. And he's realistically, he's just a really fucking tall, strong dude. But yeah, it's fucking terrifying. (laughs) All right, Jess, let's review the scores. So for plot, we both gave it sevens. For cinematography, I gave it eight and a half. You gave it an eight. For audio, I gave it a four and a half. You gave it a five. And for how scary, I gave it an eight and a half. You gave it an eight. That gives it a here shoddy final score of a 71. And our master list, oh boy, had us drop it right in the middle. (laughs) Um, It is tied, actually, Justin, with a video game, Dante's Inferno. Oh, fuck. Amazing. Uh, the films below it are Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. The That movie would be a lot lower if we re-reviewed that. In the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The movies <sighs> above it are OG Predator and 2019's Child Play. Okay. I kind of forgot about 2019's Child Play. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah, I think the world kind of forgot about that movie. It came out, and then the world kind of went cuckoo. The world changed. <laughs> uh, so that is our review of 13 Ghosts. I'm actually really happy. I think this is the first movie you and I watched physically together to review on the podcast. Holy so shit, I will... think it is. No, it's not. Fuck. It's the second movie. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. What, what a that other recording is coming what later. A fucking bummer. Uh, I want to play some music, which I'll... I guess I'll, I might just play Mudvayne, honestly. And we'll <laughs> head on in to the closing.
so next week, FNAF, some more Matthew Willard and PETA. And Scott Carthorn. Yeah, I think we'll just skip over that. I think we both have, like I mentioned earlier, we're both just watching it at home, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Peacock. I'm not going to the theater. I'm already going to the theater at some point to watch Killers of the Flower Moon, which is a much higher priority. Yeah. I mean, so when does this come out? Like, tomorrow? This was... FNAF? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm... I'll probably, There's no you know... There's no fucking way, right? What? There's no way I'm going to the theater. No, I'm probably going to find myself a good old bottle of rum and uh, a parrot to put on my shoulder. Is and... it R or PG-13? Do you know? I think it might be PG-13. Do they kids walk with you if they want to? No. I won't put them right. through that garbage. And then what if you like it? I don't think I will. Okay. I have a weird feeling that it is going to be for the ultra fans. I just, if they can capture how terrified, I've only ever played the first one. If they can capture how terrified I am playing that game, it will be a fun Halloween weekend movie. I don't think they will. Oh, uh, certificate is, by the way, sorry, I'm looking on IMDb. It is, where is America? PG-13. Okay, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, we have Alan Wake 2. Um, and then it's time for our next season. So uh, everybody hang around. Patrons, I have a special quiz for Justin. And with that, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, You guys help make this possible. Yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent. It all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.